And uh, speaking of, um, I actually had a review of, of Violet, uh, number one. And this is an interesting one for me. Uh, coming back to comics for a minute. Um, I have not yet told Violet's origin story. Mm. A lot of indie comics just kick off with the origin story, but anyone who knows the history of Batman, of Spider-Man, of various others, knows that that's not how it happened. You know, you, you started with the hero, and you found out about the origin story later when you already cared about the hero. And yeah, someone, someone who reviews indie comics a lot commented about Violet that they were a bit lost because they didn't have an origin story. And I, I just sort of went, hang on a minute, am I now subverting a trope by doing what everyone who's ever been really, really great did? Is, is, is that what I'm doing here? That's, that's really weird. The, the, you know? The, the, the interesting thing about that, now that you mention it though, is that every movie based on those types of comics always start with the origin. Over and over and over and over and, and over and over. It's interesting. And, and they're even, like, there's even, like, commentary on it now. Like, look, guys, guys, the, the we don't need to see the Waynes murdered again. We Everyone knows that story. Like, God, like, how many times have you, they had to die to just us. to tell a story? <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. And that's why, like, honestly, that's probably why I like so many people liked the Spider-Man in the, Mar the MCU is because they skipped you never it. Got it. They skipped it, and you were immediately yeah. like, "We know who he is. Like, we get it. Let's go." Like, and so like that's a that's a really interesting point because he when he came in, like people were super stoked, and they didn't go over his origin. And even if you even if like you're new to Spider Man, it was still really cool to just see him come in, and you're like, "Oh my god, who's this? Who's this guy?" Kind of like how Black Panther was uh, injected in there, and then we kind of went back, right? Like, so yeah, it's a very good point. Like I. That's why the, there's you know there's so many prequels like it is a cool like what's it called um, Star Wars when when he goes you know no Luke I am your father right like that was huge that was one of the biggest like what? holy crap but if, <laughs> but if you saw the prequels before that would like you yeah. know what's gonna happen it's not like the 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 the, the uh, you know oh my god like I can't believe that's what happened you know it isn't there so it's so, like. People like forget like the biggest stories of all time didn't start with origins. I mean, I mean that pretty much is true in so many cases, and it, it's it, it's something that that really spoke to me when when he wrote that about Violet. Um, because I didn't do it for Lacuna, I didn't do it for Blue Shift either, I I, I uh, or any of the others. I've I've literally just leapt into okay, they're empowered already, and this is their life. And they may be very new to being empowered, but I have not actually covered any origin stories yet. That's very cool. That's interesting. And I, I, I can admit that our comics are starting off in origin stories, but even now that you're mentioning it, there's a couple uh, people that we're bringing into that will be in our universe, and I'm really reconsidering. Like, we probably should just start off with them like already kicking ass and doing something cool, and like that's a really so, good. John, John... Uh, Jonathan Lewis has a, a, tends to have a fairly crude way of, of, of approaching this stuff, and um, his his exact words were, "Origin stories are boring as shit. No one wants to hear them. <laughs> Not until they care about the character." Yeah, it's right? a very very good point. It's it's kind of like uh, what's his face, uh, Quentin Tarantino, like the way he tells stories. The reason why people love his crazy movies is because they start off right in the middle of the story, and you're like, "What the hell's going on?" 
And then now that you're engaged, he goes, by the way, this all started back over here. And then you're like, oh, that's interesting. Well, how does it turn out? And then it goes to the end, right? That's how they all play. It's the same story. Like that's the whole, the rule following. Like he does it in a systematic way that you're used to. So you know what to expect, and yet it's still unexpected. Like that's why it's so. Or you, or you look at a film like Memento, which is a, a good example of a real subversion of that trope. Like you know, yeah, you 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 start at the end, and you're like, okay, kill this guy. Why did he kill this guy? I have no idea. That makes no sense whatsoever. What on earth is going on? Have you seen um, The Witcher, the show? Uh, I have not. Alright, so I yes. won't spoil anything, but at one point you suddenly realize you have no idea what the timeline is. Like, the, it's like, really why? Annoying. What? It's really annoying. Yeah, no, but, no, but, no, but the funny thing is people might complain about it just like they complained about the fact that you didn't give them an origin, and yet more people will likely read it, or more people will likely, likely watch that show because, like, we watched the whole thing in, like, one or two sittings. We couldn't stop watching it because this crazy... Like, we didn't know what was going on. We're engaged. They're interesting. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you're trying to figure it out for yourself. That's the thing, right? Yeah. You want and, to pretend your listener, viewer, watcher isn't dumb. You want them to, th- you know, like, you, I forgot there's some quip that some uh, famous writer said, something along those lines, like, don't don't treat your audience like an idiot. Like, they are smart. Let them try to figure it out. Like, that's the engaging part about it. Like, the fact that they have to think. I, I agree. And I, I think... I, I think it's so interesting that it has become enough of a trope of indie comics that every new superhero has the origin story as issue one, that someone would even comment on that. You know, am, am I now breaking the trope because I'm doing what the greats did because I actually did my research? Now that's, that's uh, super interesting, that, yeah. That's really weird, you know? It's like just this sort of very surreal feeling. But I, yeah, I do very uh, much I actually, like that. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I didn't write this one comic yet, but I have a plan on writing it, and it's um, the uh, one character doesn't like his story is starting in the middle of his like whole journey. Like he's not actually it's my character um, mm. in our universe, and he actually is already like fighting crime and doing all that stuff. But like his origin is not even like a thing in the beginning. So basically, I'm, ta- I'm taking like a note from you. And uh, uh, then another one that I just wrote was for our Archer, like Green Arrow type character. I just wrote that, like the first one. And his origin isn't even in the first issue. The first issue is basically talking about how his wife died and then like bringing him to such a depressed stage of like, what's next? So, yeah, messed up. Yeah, I, um, I, I do actually have a plan to tell Violet's origin story. I just haven't got there yet. I've actually figured out the perfect time to do it, and it's like issue three, issue four kind of thing. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think that that is the perfect time to do it because it fits in with the story and all the things that are happening. But why would it come up before it comes up in her life and she's forced to think about that? You know, it just, it doesn't seem necessary, all, all, yeah, they, because it's a thing that happened, you know, it's in the past, I'm not, I'm not dwelling on the past, I'm... All know, I can think about is Batman, like, that's such a good point, is like, you're, you're interested in how Batman became Batman because you're interested in Batman, you know what I mean, like, you're, you're, I mean, you're interested how he became it because you're interested in him, and the only reason why... But, 
but Batman, Batman didn't even have an origin story I, I know, until 1940. Oh, Two, three? Yeah, something like that. I mean, that, Bill, yeah. Bill Finger in, in, in the early 40s, um, obviously he was anti-war. Couldn't be anti-war, so he was anti. He made Batman anti-guns. Yeah. And, 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 and the, the, the origin story grows from that. And, and Batman survived perfectly well for three years with no origin story. You know? yeah, yeah, but like that's such a good point, is that like he was such an interesting character. Like, they probably didn't even have an idea for what his origin would be when they created him. They no, probably were not. just like, oh, a bat's scary and he's a super detective. Like, that's it. Like, <laughs> the whole story. Exactly. Like, exactly. like that's, that's pretty much it, yeah. yeah. That's such a good point. And I like the idea of, like, waiting, specifically for indie comics, because I know, like, not a lot of indie comics are going to go on for, like, 150, you know, series of comics. And, if you, you know, especially if you're a solo... <laughs> Especially if you're a solo creator, like you can't really pump out that many comics. But having waiting till the third to fifth, like that's probably three, four, five. One of those is a great time to you know broadcast the origin. Like that's a good time to you know hold off until like now you've at least established a fan base on this uh, you know person or whatever it is that you're following, and now you can be like, okay, how did why is it like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Um, well, our first main story actually is called Origins. So Ironically, it, I know, yeah. It's um, three different people that like start their own origin. One is like super in the beginning, like he's just terrible. You know, we're kind of doing like the show Gotham, like that's kind of the style yeah. we're doing with the main series. That's I think that's the reason why. I liked it, but ironically, it is a very good point, is the reason why Gotham is an interesting show is because you know the supervillain already. Well, not only that, you know that Jim Gordon is going to be Jim Gordon. You yeah. know who Harvey Bullock is. You know that Bruce Wayne is going to become Batman, and you're watching this progress towards a known end point. And I, I, think, I think that's the thing about, about prequels. They're always, almost, almost always, they're more effective when you're reaching towards a known endpoint. So, from uh, the Star Wars uh, uh, prequel trilogy to Prelude to Dune, which I actually liked. You know, uh, some people didn't, some people did. The 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 series of books by uh, Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. <coughs> I, I enjoyed those books um, because I knew that where we were going was a certain place, and to find out how we got there can be really interesting but if you don't know where you're going all you're doing is telling an origin story at that point it needs to be an excellent origin story and uh, uh, hey guys I, I haven't read what you've written I'm sure it's fantastic um, but it you know <laughs> so like, I'm not going to judge but you're breaking the rules <laughs> the, the onus becomes you have to tell a brilliant origin story that no one's ever heard before, or you're really in some big trouble because it just sounds cliche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's actually Rather one of the than... things that Greg and I went. Um, our first comic we rewrote, and now it's quite a long. It's it's almost a graphic novel. It's re reaching pretty long. Forty-five pages. Yeah, it's it's uh it's hitting that uh that breaking point. But um, it it, it it's he he knows like from the original story it, it left a lot out and now like like the reason why i still like that gotham style is that 
we're we're following people and it it, it is kind of confusing but it's like it's very like we keep it interesting the whole time with that but uh, there's something i'm going to talk to greg after the podcast i have a really good idea for another like we because like this story's written out for like like the the whole plot line like the timeline is written out for like a deck a decade or two decades something like that maybe multiple i i remember it's a long time frame and um that's it gives me a really good idea of like what to do with that now thinking about the whole origin concept and and replaying it later but uh i still like yeah. the idea of just following these weird characters i'm, I'm, I'm pretty similar i've i've built i know what my storyline is like the tentpole events because of the role-playing game, right? Mm -hmm. So I've released my role-playing game. I've got, in, in, in my Era of the Empowered role-playing game, the superhero one, you can play in any of seven, I call them events. You know, the first one, powers emerge. The second one, Atlantis invades because Atlantis always invades in every single superhero universe. Um, uh, the third one, you know, team-ups. You know, you get the Avengers, the Sinister Six, and all the rest <coughs> of them. The fourth one, uh, you've got the old gods come back to the to the planet, and, and you know, they, they reclaim the Earth. The fifth one, you've got the Assassin's Guild. They go around trying to kill all the, all the Empowered. Uh, the sixth one, um, you get the Empowered Department. You know, you get, you get the government takes over everything, and they're now superhero police and stuff. And then the seventh one is your kind of galactic-y you know, giant world-ending threat kind of thing. And and the thing is that you can play in any one of those and obviously play a different subgenre of superhero story depending on when you're playing. So I've got I've got events planned out for it's actually only three years of, of universe time, but I mean I could fit thousands and thousands and thousands of issues in there. Like like I three hundred and sixty five days. And then I actually have planned out kind of the, the Batman Beyond Spider-Man 2099 kind of nice. thing, yeah. you know, out a hundred years later as well. I've got that planned out, um, just in case. So <laughs> I've got lots of opportunity. No, that, that's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of like with Greg's story. Like he could say more, but it's just like there's so much going on. Like so, there's a lot to play with. There's um. So I mapped out the first plot arc because it's a trilogy. The Seer Chronicles runs as a trilogy, but it's a very long trilogy. So the first story. Uh, it's mapped out for 12 issues. I want it to be 12 issues, and I kind of don't want it to be longer than that, just so it's not like, just keep on going. Um, because the second issue, I like the second story arc, I like a little more. <laughs> That's what I want to get to. Um, and then the third is like a little shorter, and I forgot how many issues I have for that, but like it's the shorter of the other two, just so it wraps everything up, but it doesn't actually wrap everything up. It, like. There's like a... I've, I've got a piece of paper around here somewhere where literally I mapped everything out. Yeah. Uh, like on a flowchart for, for what's going on concurrently and so on. And uh, I literally filled up the A4 piece of paper in, in, in no time flat for, you know, all, all, all the stuff that is literally just leading up to even the first appearance in the role-playing game of some of these characters. Yeah. It's like like full page just, just full of, okay, this arc, that arc, this arc, that arc. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> on that document that I put for that whole timeline thing mm. is, um, I had some plot points on like issue five of Seer Chronicles, and then I moved it to like either issue above or below because I'm planning issue six of that to be kind of a graphic novel of itself. It's going right. to be really long because going to end a few things. Um, somebody's plot arc will end 
and I, I ended the one before that before it gets edited um, I ended this one villain um, because he is he's gonna go to another like story like he's not part of the story anymore he started building his own character up in this but he's his actual origin well I guess I kind of did it there his actual origin starts in the other story so I can't wait. I'm just wondering how many of you guys published of, um, of the of the say chronicles so we uh well the first original one technically there's only one published but we rewrote it so it's going to be remade um with with like 20 extra pages um and then the second one like they're both they're both written a lot of uh, a lot of the second one's drawn it's just not like we're, we're just waiting for like the artist to catch up and um you know get that stuff handled and then we have um, another comic uh, that's in the same universe, separate character, uh, solo series that we're doing right now. That uh, Ink, it's called, and that one's already published. And then we have another Scales. comic that, yeah, another solo series called Scales that is going to be published. Um, that that one's hopefully this year. Yeah, that one should be out this year because that one yeah. the artist is moving pretty fast with, which is pretty awesome. The pencils are done. It's just uh, it's got to get inked. So I just have to pay for the rest of the pencil stuff, and then. Yeah. So, um, uh, just just in case anyone listening is curious, um, I've I've published uh, Lacuna, uh, blue two Blue Shift comics, two Violet comics, um, three sort of independent stories, um, for uh, Kazuki, uh, Kazuki and the Death Seekers, kind of our Halloween thing, um, uh, for uh, Fauna and for Lobo. Um, I've got another one underway, um, which is very special to me, actually. I usually co-write comics, so I usually bring someone else on board for a different voice. I actually solo wrote a comic that's coming very soon called Melkart, uh, for a, for a cyborg superhero, uh, that I wrote up myself. Um, and, uh, I've got a Penumbra comic which is completed and is being lettered now. Uh, so, so an, another comic. Penumbra is a recurring character who kind of ties Lacuna and Blue Shift and Violet sort of all together. And then um, I'm moving on to kind of a team-up comic for those four characters that I just mentioned. Um, there's going to be a, a sort of a trilogy for that, uh, which we're in the process of writing, uh, finishing up the third comic now. Um, and I've also kind of got the Melkart thing moving on. I've got some consortium comics going as well. Uh, we've we've published about. I want I want to say we are with Violet Backlash. We're at eighteen comics so far. That's awesome. Wow. Damn. I I know um, I'm tangenting back for a second, but now I just registered another like. Uh, I I'm now realizing why I like the Marvel uh, Netflix shows so damn much is because they also skip the damn origins. They go back to them. But, I just registered that. Yep. Damn, that's yep. such a good idea. Like, I don't know why it's like, because it's one of those things like you forget the reason you like an origin is because you already like the character. Like that's something is so like that's one of those aha moments, like those paradigm shifting moments where you're just like, damn, that makes sense. Like I hope a lot of indie uh, writers and artists are like listening to that because like that's such a good point that like. Because so many people that create comic books, like like the people that like Greg knows, like he tried to start uh, running Indiegogos before we even had a fan base kind of thing, and I'm like, dude, no one knows you. Like your art, like 
even, no matter how good you think your story is, nobody else thinks it's that good because nobody knows it exists. But now the other point is like a lot of people are writing origin stories about a character they care about because they have the whole plot in their head when really they should be starting off with the cool shit and they getting into that. It's like such a good point. Like that's so damn sad. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, you know, I, I, as I said, I can't take credit for it. Um, very, very much John just said, no, look, dude, the greats always have done it one way. Why, why are you not doing it that way? I mean, why are you challenging conventional wisdom because people didn't think about it? Yeah. You know, you're, 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 you're literally not even... It's what you were saying earlier about, um, you know, subverting the trope versus being uninformed. And as I said, it's not impossible to write an issue one origin story and have it be a good story. You know, that's not impossible, but... You're making it hard for yourself. Yeah, you're starting. You're, you're off making it with more difficult. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would encourage any indie writer or artist who's watching this to go, you know, to to help change what's become the trope of indie comics that fundamentally makes them less good. Yeah. That's... <laughs> you know. Yeah, there was something I was actually, um, I, I had it written down a couple days ago. I, I was going to talk to Greg after this about it, but I'll, I'll bring it up. Like, one of the things I want to do is write a blog article on our website so anyone can look this up because a lot of people always wonder, like, you know, what goes into a regular comic, all this stuff. And I want it so, like, we talk about, like, hey, a regular comic is 11 and a half by whatever the width is inches uh, in diameter. It's typically 24 pages on average. It, Only in the U.S. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm sure, yeah. So, like, whatever it is. Here, like, here, we're international A4. Yeah, yes, exactly, <laughs> A4, yeah. But, yes, A4 is the, the same size. Like, we still use A4. Um, even our printers use A4, but... Really? Yeah. Because uh, yeah. um, usually it's a U.S. letter size, 8.5 by 11. Oh, no, not for uh, comic books. For comic books... Is it not? No, yeah, yeah for comics... Like 10... Point two. Yeah, whatever it is. Like it's it's the one that's A4. I don't remember what the size dimensions right, okay. are, but yeah. Um, yeah, because it's the same as magazines, I think. Magazines use, like, the same dimensions as well. Because um, I, I always get yelled at by American printers. They're like, ah, this is the wrong size. What are you doing? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, it, that, yeah. if it's a comic book printer or a magazine printer, yeah, they all use the same size, and it's not a typical 8.5 right, um, by 11. But, uh, but yeah, no, so, yeah, it's... So, the other part now that I'm thinking of is, like, almost writing down, like, you know, breaking down, like, the hero's journey. Like, that's something that should always be in there, like, this this plot. But the thing is, a lot of people take the hero's journey, and they think that the starting point has to be the origin story, and it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, the it, a hero, like that hero's journey, people go through that in their own life multiple times. And so does an actual hero in your story or protagonist, you know, it doesn't have to be a superhero, like a, some protagonist in your story goes through this, like they reach some point where they have to come, overcome a wall, all this stuff, and then they come back. Like that's, that's the whole point of that. So the other thing though is, yeah, creating a story that's worth listening to to begin with. Like when you hear about Hercules, you know, you hear about the fact that he's super strong first. That's the first thing you hear. You're not like, oh, he was born and then he became strong, like, no, like, he was, you know, or, or like, for him, I guess, is born from a god, if you're going to hear that, but, like, immediately, it's like, boom, something super interesting, like, so that's, that's a super good point. That's yeah. awesome. I could actually break this episode up in two parts, I kind of started to want to do that, like, after episode 50, but this actually works perfectly, so, 
Yeah. Uh, sorry? <laughs> no, that's... Com no, because, like, we talk about a bunch of other stuff in the first part. Yeah, we kind of talked a lot about it. your stuff in the first part, which is good. And then that would basically be, like, your intro. And then the rest of it, yeah, we kind of talked a lot about, like, what are good storytelling things, yeah. like, how to break apart, like, you know, so, be creative so and all that stuff. You would just have, like, two-part podcast on our podcast. So. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to have to have you back after you uh, release that novel, too, because, uh, like, there's even just uh, explaining the difference between writing a comic and a novel, because they're way, way different um, on how you have to tell stories, because you're right. Like, one of them, you have, you have the artwork that you kind of can crutch onto, and um, with the novel, like, you have to be super descriptive and not descriptive so that the imagination has room to wiggle. And it's like, that's a really hard game to play. It's, it's certainly an interesting challenge. Um, I, I'm, my, my natural writing is probably closer to being a novel writer. Um, so most of my role-playing games are a sequence of short stories. So 500 years of history in the sci-fi game, right? Instant boredom, right? So what do you do? Well... You turn it into a timeline of these are the important events, and then you dive into a short story of someone who was there watching that event. That's really right? cool. Yeah. You've got you've got that that same the same kind of thing you get in a comic. I mean, obviously it's presented slightly differently, but you've got that, okay, hang on. This person was here where it happened, when it happened. They were on board the starship that was bombarding the planet. What did they see? What did they feel? write a page you know just it doesn't need to be long yeah the interesting thing about that too is literally the way that you write a good blog even just in general you write the headlines first right and you make sure that they match a certain pattern even if you're doing copywriting like you're trying to do like an ad you write down the bullet points first like the things that you want to get then you fill in the story in between that's where like the really good copywriting comes in, but the rule is you have to do the headlines. Like you have to you have to follow this structure first, and then as you're as you get better as a writer, or better as a copywriter, you get better at filling in those blanks to make the overall you know cake better and not just this frosting. You know, it's a, Absolutely, yeah. and it's not just it's not just that because I do that a lot in role playing games. So you know I'm describing a location, for example. I mentioned I'm I'm doing writing for locations for Era Survival right now. So what I've got is I've got sitting on a notepad on this screen while I'm typing on this one. Okay, I need to talk about the number of people who are there. Sort of, I, well, I need a one-liner. I need, um, you know, this is what the settlement's like. Uh, the number of people who are there. What the leadership's like. What the, you know, what, what, what the traders are like. You know, are they trying to swindle you? Are they trying to be honest? That kind of thing. Um, what the surrounding location is like. You know, is it... It's a survival horror zombie apocalypse kind of thing. So, you know, is it is it beset by, you know, the infected, or is it beset by raiders, you know, who 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 are coming in to try and steal stuff, or is it in the middle of nowhere and it's nice and quiet, you know, whatever, you know, what's that like? What it's like? What's it like to approach the place? You know, is it easy to find? Is it hard to find? Is it you'll get there and have to walk through a minefield to get to it? Or you know that—that's the last one I wrote. Um. <laughs> we might have to get you to uh, to a guest blog on our website, and then we can like you can link to your own website there, and you know yeah. get some get some good backlinks and stuff. But the uh, but that would be some really awesome stuff. I, I'd love to like you know share with 
um, you know, a lot of our uh, creators and, uh, you know, anyone, you know, who just enjoys learning about comics and storytelling and, you know, game development and all that stuff. I think, I, I think, once again, we said this near the beginning, but anyone who's listening to this, anyone who is thinking, oh, wow, I'd really like to make a comic or I'd really like to write a book or whatever. Do it. Do it. Seriously, please, I'm giving you permission right now. Do it. And hell, if you want to come and talk to someone about how you might achieve it, hop on our Discord, again, link in the, in the description, hop on our Discord and talk to me about it. Um, I'm Ed, you'll, you'll, you'll find me there, I'm, I'm, I'm not hiding or anything. Um, and, and I will talk to you about how I would approach dealing with a story. I've done some videos on how to begin the creative process. I talked about things like making a creative space, which I can see you've got there with your, your post-its behind you there. Um, you know, you've got, and you've got your, yeah, you've got your artwork there. Um, uh, you know, make your creative space, how you find the time in your day, how you, you know, all those kinds of things. I've talked a lot about that. I've talked a lot about the hero's journey, which obviously you've, you've mentioned a couple of times. Um, I've got a video on my YouTube. Uh, it's called How to Be Creative. Um, and most, most years, I do that panel twice a year at uh, the UK's biggest comic uh, comic convention, uh, MCM Comic Con. Obviously, this year, not so much, um, given everything shut down. But um, I, I love talking about how to be creative. I love helping other people to be creative. And I think once you've got to the point in your creative career, I wouldn't exactly call myself successful, not in my mind anyway. Um, but I think once you've got to the point in the creative career that I have, you have a duty to help others at least not hit the same obstacles that you did. You know, I'm certainly not all the way there. I certainly have many, many faults in the way I do things. I am far from perfect. But if I can help people avoid an obstacle, if someone wants to talk to me about, oh, I have this story and I'd like to do it, even if it's I have this story and I don't know if it should be a comic or a novel or a game or a, you know, I, I don't really know, I'm happy to talk about that stuff. I think about that stuff a lot a lot <laughs> no, that, that's good because um what, one of the things that people need to realize is like you know for, first off if you share the information freely you know even if someone takes that and starts doing really well now you have someone else you can learn from so like it's it's one of those yeah. things like if you take two steps forward and you show someone else how to dodge the rock that's in the path right and then they make it four steps forward you can be like oh how did you do that other part right now you and you've already helped them out, like, and, you know, obviously, unless they're, you know, being a jerk, like, they're gonna, they'll, they'll likely reciprocate and help you on whatever obstacle they overcame, and just bouncing back and forth, like, people don't realize, the only way the indie, like, Greg and I, this is the whole reason why we've, you know, pulled people into the podcast, pulled people into our, you know, universe, into our platform, is that um, we realize that the only way you compete with Marvel with DC is that if we all are literally helping each other at the same time because that's what we have is we have the numbers and if the there's this weird it, it, uh, so like I said my, bro my brother's in music production and we w work with like a lot of hip-hop artists and stuff and like one of the things that we know is that some of them know tons of people but they all have like their own little like niche clubs that they're in and ironically if they just banded together that would be a much larger 
club to work from, and that's what we've started doing. That's why people are gravitating toward us. Like we, we picked up another producer the other day, like because they see that we're like doing this crazy stuff because we have so many people working on the same path. And it's like you don't need to work with other writers necessarily on your comic, but like this right here, like I've already got eighteen more ideas for how we can improve our comic like story without changing the story, just tell changing how we tell it. Like, and that's like hugely powerful. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I love working with other writers. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do, seriously. Because, you know, you're sat there, you're writing your story, and okay, I've never done a comic before. I've written plenty of my own stuff, you know, uh, that, you know, I, I worked with uh, another guy on the novel, um, but, you know, I've written plenty of my own short stories. I wrote two thirds of, I wrote two thirds of, the, of 150 pages of short stories in the, in the sci-fi universe, right? Um, and then I decided I didn't actually like doing it that much, so maybe I'd get someone else to do, do some more. Um, but I, I love writing with other people. You know, writing Violet with Jennifer, writing uh, versus writing Blue Shift with John, the two comics are so totally different. You know, a Blue Shift is a really... It deals with some hard stuff, but it's a really pretty light-hearted comic. And then you've got you've got Violet, and and because of Jennifer and the way that she writes, she writes a very specific kind of story. She'll she'll tend to go quite dark. And um, Violet's a very dark comic. As a result, you know, it's kind of um, you know, it, it goes to some really difficult places. But the fight in the in the first Violet comic against Rampage, it's properly brutal. To the degree that it was, it actually came out, here's one for you, it came out around the same time as uh, X-Men Apocalypse, the movie. And you know there was that whole thing about uh, him grabbing Mystique by the neck, and there was that whole thing on the internet. And we we had kind of already done a, done a similar thing when the movie came out, and we were like, uh, are we gonna, like, are we gonna face some crap for this? Like... Because, because like he's obviously a, a a bloke and she's she's a female superhero. Um, we decided to go ahead anyway. You know, we we decided that no, you know what, this expresses what it is we're trying to do. It's not just gratuitous; it is a power move. You know, um, the 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 whole thing about Rampage is he used to be like a street thug, and he's experimented on and turned into like this lizard creature who can turn invisible and all that kind of crap. And and he is finally finally on top right she's busted him like five times and now finally he can he can kill her if he wants to he can do whatever he likes and that kind of therefore sort of grabbing her it's it's a thing that it's like yes i am that powerful now where before you were tying me up with my car's bumper you know um <laughs> it's sort of like but but you know it, it can be really hard sometimes as an as an indie creator do you do this thing that you were planning to do when there's been this massive i hesitate to use the word backlash because um, <laughs> it sounds like an advert but there's this massive backlash against what was done and it's almost the same thing that you did i would say the one thing indie artists need to take into account is that every story you'll ever come up with has already been written right like, oh god yes like it's, it's, it's you'll never write a unique and, and that's why uh, pablo no. picasso Good artists copy, great artists steal. And what he means is that 
every idea has always already been created. Make it your yeah. own and take the best ones. Like that's the whole like don't start at an origin story. Start with in the middle of it. Like that's what that it's means. It's about it's not about telling a new story. It's about telling a story that is relevant to the people who are reading it. And it doesn't need to be new. Familiar, in some ways, familiar is good. Well, that, that's how that's how you market something, and that's how something like so. For example, um, smartphones came out before the iPhone. Uh, yep. What is it? Uh, Dreamcast was the first online game station, right? VR has been around since Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, yeah, in the in the in the hackers movie, they sat there playing VR. You know, the dude sat there playing VR. You know, and the whole so the whole point is that yeah, it's like. You need familiarity and novelty. That's how you make something new. It needs to have something familiar that you're used to. Like that's why VR back in Ness was way over the top. Like no one bought it, and it's because they're like, "What the heck nonsense is this?" But smartphones had already been out. They'd been. That's the one thing that Apple is so good at is they're not good at making something new. They're good at making something relevant because they wait until something's familiar enough, and then they put a twist on it. And then now they're the ones that made. Like, Without the iPhone, smartphones wouldn't be prevalent. Like, iPhone is what made it prevalent, even though they've been around. And now everyone yeah. owns Android, ironically, but the point is, like, you know, Apple's still the trillion-dollar company. You know what I mean? Like, they're the ones that are, like... So, there is one other thing about that, and, and I don't want to go on to another huge topic, um, but um, there is a fantastic TED Talk by Simon Sinek, uh, who is quite well known for a rather random and uh, slightly out of context comment about millennials. Yeah. But he did a TED talk called Start With Why. And I would absolutely recommend that anyone who wants to know how to market their product watches that TED talk. It's called Start With Why. It's about 10 minutes long. And it is almost like we... we, we we were running conventions before and we ran a convention applying it and it was like a magic trick we doubled our sales at a convention it, it was nuts and, and it, it's to do with the way in which people approach things and apple is fantastic at doing that as well yeah and well that's what that's, i mean they're they're good at making novel things familiar by doing so that's the interesting thing by going with the why like that's a, like honestly i've read his book too the the ted talks even better like it really is like it's just such a good um like it's you know, so nice and condensed i've read his book as well yeah um but it's so nice and condensed into that 15 minutes of why the hell should you do this well here's why and, and the interesting thing too is that that literally ties back to the origin story thing like nobody cares why you are who you are they need to nobody see nobody cares about the why they only care about the why yeah exactly. like they, they, so if they're going to care why they need to know that you're awesome like they need to have some awesome character first so that they want like they 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 feel the why in the background they're like what like ah oh, show me what what happened you know what i mean like yeah, then tell me the origin story because I, I care about this character because, you know, there is a why behind it. Like, you know, there needs to be a why behind your origin story and it needs to be that Batman is awesome. Now, why is he Batman? Right? Like, yeah. Or what happened to make him Batman yes. to, to follow yes, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, syntax yes. that he uses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, yeah. It's just, it's, it's such a cool... Um, yeah, just metaphor, like just awesome. Yeah, it's definitely it's a great it's a great uh, TED talk. 
it's, it's definitely one of my favorite TED Talks too. It's just a, uh, it's succinct. I, I try to watch it every year and just remind myself, just give myself a little poke. Because you'll creep away from it gradually. It's funny too, because like, you creep away from it with strategies and tactics. Like, the, the interesting thing is, because uh, when, whenever people do marketing, like, I, I always, uh, so I, I, that's my main job. Like, that's what I do. Like, I, I work for myself, but I do that for customers and clients and friends. I help them with marketing. And like, yeah, they'll, they'll like creep away with like these little tactics they heard, this strategy someone laid out. And I'm like, your strategy needs to line up with that start with why concept. Then you lay it out following these rules that have always been in place. And now that you have these rules, you can then use tactics based on that. It's, oh, <laughs> lost them again. <laughs> it's so random, like it just cuts out. I don't know why. Sorry, that was awful timing. Oh, that's good. That's fine. But uh, but yeah, it's just like but once you have once you have the the foundation of what you're working on, then you build upward, right? And yeah, you know, and so you need to have your why and like the you know it's that's a very it's a very good thing to do is yeah to follow up with it constantly, like just remind yourself, and then go back. And it's like it's a very good point. Cool. So where can people find you? <laughs> Um, you can always find us at www.shadesofvengeance.com. You can usually find us on Kickstarter. Um, uh, we have a couple of different places. So the games come out on Shades of Vengeance user on Kickstarter. Uh, the comics come out on SOV Comics. And the audio now comes out on Escapes, uh, which I mentioned earlier. E-R-A Scapes. S-C-A-P-E-S. Um... You can find us on Facebook at Shades of Vengeance. You can find us on YouTube at Shades of Vengeance. You can find us on Twitter at Shades underscore of underscore Venge with an E. Because unfortunately, Twitter has one character too little. Brutal. And you can find us on Instagram at the same Shades underscore of underscore Venge. Um, and you can find us on Discord, which I hope, as I said, you'll, you'll put below. Um... And, yeah, please, if you're out there watching thinking, oh, maybe I'll create something, do it. Please do it. I, I want the world to have more creations in it. It's more fun. Yes. Agreed.